This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we turn to your word right now. Please turn to us yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. Another little boat were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. I give you a few highlights from this passage and then we rise up to pray. Number one. There was an apparent suddenness of the storm. Because if you look at verse 36, and I said apparent, because I want you to take good note of that, because that's very central to all that we're going to say this morning to the afternoon. He said, now when they are left, the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great storm. Some other version says, later a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Listen to me. Look up, everyone. What do you feel? Do you think that particular storm took them by surprise? Yes. Good. Why do you say that? It took them by surprise, but was the wind, okay, took them by surprise, but was that storm something that happened suddenly? That we, are, we find difficult to know. Because, and I will draw a lesson there for you. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, our Lord, said unto them, I think in Matthew chapter, um, I think I got the reference there. Matthew chapter 16, verses 2 and 3. That they know how to, how did he say? He, said, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. Verse 3, please. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Stop there. What does that tell me? They had ideas of how to read the weather in those days. Agree with me? So, it's not just the meteorological center that is just opening our times and our generation that makes all the difference. All the while. For even as a child, did any one of you know that? As a child, when the cloud gathers a particular part of the sky, I know it's going to rain. Does anybody grow up in that primitive environment? If you did, raise your hand. Let me see what I'm talking to. Are you sure? You sure? 
Ah, okay. Ah, I thought I was... Uh, yeah, that was, it's clear. When, if, when we're about to go and play or whatever, if it collects cloud on that end of the town of, of my house, it will never rain. If it collected in another part, 100% it always rain. Now, what that tells me was that these people, they were not attentive to the fact that something may go wrong. And that is our lesson number one. I pray may the Lord grant unto us to know that there is nothing sudden in life. Acts chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. He said on the day, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he said they were all gathered in one accord in the Acts chapter 2 verse 1 I meant. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he said they were all gathered um, in one accord in one place. And verse 2. And then he said suddenly. Was that sudden? Not quite sudden. They gathered and things were happening in the spiritual without them knowing things were happening. Oh, their prayers brought it about. Please perch the idea that things actually happen suddenly in life. I want to drive that home very well because I've discovered in my life that most of the greatest losses I've had is because I had this wrong notion that things just happen without God knowing about them and wanting to tell me. That's the greatest disaster I've ever the only things that have happened in my life that God did not give me, gave me, uh, did not give me a heads up were about two, only two. And not personally in my life, it was in my life for someone else. Everyone I could trace back, whether it's personal challenge, whether it's if anything whatsoever. So I'm asking you today in the name that's above all names, be always conscious and alert because God speaks. Amen. Amen. Many dreams that we had, God speaks. A brother told me, I shared that testimony with you many, many years back in this very church. He had a dream and he said, he picks me up from the airport most of the time. And he said that there was um, like an atomic bomb that was dropped into the North Sea. And the waves rose from that. It was running and running and running and running. Uh, guess what? You know what I prayed about? I said, Lord, please let there be no atomic bomb. Foolish man I was. You know what happened? A few months after that, this man went through the greatest storm of his life. His wife was struck with cancer. And one of those most difficult moments of my life as a pastor. If I had changed me completely. I mean, as he was losing weight, I was losing weight. We ran through it together. But God told us the storm was coming. You know, recently... Pastor Will came back to me and mentioned to me. He said, Pastor, I saw a bomb that was dropped on Victoria Bridge. And people were running all over the place. And there was so much commotion. Again, I probably not learned my lesson. I prayer walked Victoria Bridge many times, up and down, up and down. I said, Lord, let there be nothing there. But you know what? God was telling us there was going to be a fire of revival burning there. Those of you that were in turn, you remember? That was the place we had the highest number of souls in the shortest period of time. Understanding what God is saying is crucial. Amen? Amen. And so, I'm pressed to draw that lesson from that one. Take note of your dreams. We've done many teachings on dreams before. We've done, uh, you know, one of the times I asked Pastor Will to come back and do a teaching. I beg of you, take note also of things that are happening at work. Thank God for our sister on here. She came through all that trouble. And I remember clearly one of the Sundays. I can't remember how long. After service, see me. Because there were some things that happened. Even that did not even make that to be suddenly. But usually signs are given that things are going wrong. 
Signs are always given that a storm is about to bust out because cloud first collects before the rain falls. May God open your eyes and my eyes. May God give us discernment and understanding. Marriages don't break up overnight. Signs are given. Even children don't fall sick overnight. Signs are given. Marriages are not delayed from being contracted for nothing. Signs are given. It's just for you to know that signs can be given. You don't lose your job overnight. You don't fail an exam even overnight. Oh, nothing sudden in life. I went for a meeting not long ago and I saw something very funny. And I played that by this morning. Because this particular person is from abroad, one of our very senior ministers, and he came around for a particular program. But year in year, he's been saying things that I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. Until this last meeting, you know, he acted in a way, not, nothing bad, nothing bad. And I said, Lord, I should have picked that and probably prayed about it. It's nothing serious. It's just something about attitude towards people that are abroad. But it was giving signs. I said, this is part of what you are telling me, Lord. Why can't I see signs? It doesn't change my life. It doesn't change anything. But I should, should be operating at that level now that something is about that. There's something all right about that. Something I should be able to read through the line. May God give you understanding. Amen. May God give me understanding. Amen. And I have written here. So our number one point or lesson is that nothing is sudden in life. I hope you will believe that. The earlier you recognize the problem, the greater the chances of mitigating against it successfully. Number two, very quickly because of our time, the slowness of the response of the disciple was also an issue for me. They were slow in responding. And usually it's because we are spending energy on some other things. It was it surprise you that these folks, <laughs> you know what they said to Jesus? Uh, the, the Bible said that the, 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 storm, the, wind, the storm came, the wind started blowing into the shape, and then water was filling in, and when they were about to drown, they ran to Jesus, and then asked Jesus, care us not that we perish. You read that in your Bible. So, if we are to think together, reconstruct the story, what was going on in them? Why, why were they... Why didn't they go to Jesus immediately, number one? Number two, why was it that the first statement of their mind that Christ knows that we perish? Well, my thinking was that they were thinking that Jesus would deal with the problem without them asking him to deal with the problem. And that's a common thing with us as, as, as believers. He said, Lord, I've put my trust in you. Nothing will bad will happen to me. But things bad are happening. He said, somehow I will get through. Somehow Jesus will jump in. Well, Jesus didn't jump in. Jesus just decided to say, well, if you don't call me, I won't come. <laughs> And that's very typical of us. I had a sad story over these past few days. Very sad story. Um, two sisters of the same family. Sad. Sorry, I'm using this kind of example today, but those are the ones that are appropriate. Uh, two sisters, two sisters of the same mother and father, uh, had cancer. Yo, I know. Heart wrenching. And um, one after another. And the person that was telling the story to me and asked me to please pray along with that family going through a lot of challenge that must have been, um, said that the two of them responded differently. The first one responded and said, well, if that is the situation, I will not delay. I will go for treatment and we see what God will do. I said, how is she doing? She said, she's doing well. So the second one, immediately she heard the story. She said, Lord, I'm angry with you. Why will you allow that to happen? Anyway, if you don't heal me your own way, nothing will happen. She's going down. Blaming God, not taking the right steps, 
and just believing that, you know, Jesus, you should jump in anyway. You know I have problems. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. He expects you and I to call on him and to cry out. And if we do, he will respond. He will respond. Number three, very quickly. So my number two point, if you want to take that down, delayed reaction is often a prelude to disastrous results. When anything is going on in our lives, call out. Call out. Don't just assume, I pay my tithe. Thank God for your tithe. God's kingdom will run without your tithe. Your tithe. Oh, I give seed, I give offering. Uh, I serve in the house. I preach, I pray. I can say, I rise up early before everyone else to come and do the Lord's bidding. I slept after most have slept just to do the Lord's bidding. If any challenge comes, I must still cry out unto him. I can't just assume that, can't you see? Don't you know I'm your servant? Don't you know I'm serving you? No, I can't. I'll go to him to plead with him and say, Lord, trouble on the mountain. Fire on the mountain. Help, Lord. Is somebody listening unto me? That's the way it works. Hallelujah. So I plead of you, don't play the blame game. Amen? Never blame God because God is blameless. And don't even blame the devil because the devil is a base person. It's not worth your blaming. If anything happens, look unto him. Number three, very quickly. Number three, thing that I could get from that story. They eventually called on the Lord for help in what I call a roundabout manner. They got to the point of enough is enough. And that was actually supposed to be the title for this passage. But the title now will be, what do we call eventually? Turn to Jesus. And you know why I call it turn to Jesus. The God to the... So many of us in this room were possibly at the point of enough is enough. Amen. Enough is... I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. So they ran to Jesus and they cried out unto him, Master, help us. And my point or lesson here is that don't tolerate what you don't want. Somebody says, whatever you tolerate may eventually terrorize you. Don't tolerate what you don't want, no matter how small. Put your foot down. If there is a strife in the home, put your foot down and say, we need to get it resolved. Start prayerfully. If there's a challenge in school, don't just pass it over. If there's a challenge at work, if there's any area of our lives, don't just Assume that God will come in, get to the point of enough, enough is enough, and then deal with the matter. And believe you me, the only way to deal with any matter is the way they eventually dealt with the matter. Many have preached, and I agree to that, they should have commanded the storm. Jesus gave them the power later. But above all, whenever there is trouble, turn to Jesus. That is it. And I've used that as a mantra for my life. And I'm now, I, there was a time I was questioning. I said, Lord, what is there for us to do? Because I've grown to know something. That without him, we can do nothing. Have you read that in your Bible? 
John chapter 15, verse 5, what does he say? He said, I'm divine and you are the branch. If anyone abides in me, he said, the same will, I, I will abide in him. He said, for without me, you can do. Okay, so, then another part says, I think Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians 2, 13. He says, that for it, for it is God who works in us both to will and to do of his. So, I asked God, I said, what is my role? Because I'm giving two contradictory messages here. God says, without me, you can do nothing. And yes, we come to church Sunday after Sunday, week after week, month after month, and we get told this list of the things you need to address in your life. These are the list of things you need to get sorted. But somewhere along the line, the Bible is also saying, no, God is the one that will help you to do what you need to do. And so that was my conclusion. So I came to the conclusion that for every instruction you get in the Bible, before you run out to go and deal with them, turn to Jesus. You are hearing something about fixing your private life. You are, you, we, we have quite a lot of enough is enough to say. Enough is enough to sinful practices. Enough is enough to things that are dodgy. And every one of us, we must come to that point, big or small. We'll all have different issues we may be dealing with. Some is anger, some is immorality, some is lying, some is whatever it may be. God knows. But turn to Jesus. Say enough is enough. When you turn to him, it will be turned around. Are you hearing me? There must be a time when everybody says it's enough. Stop making excuses. Don't make excuses for getting drunk. Don't make excuses for eating what you should not eat. Don't make excuses for touching what you should not touch. Just cry to Jesus and say, Lord, enough is enough. This thing is about to drown me. And I don't want to drown. I don't want to drown. There must be a point in everyone's life when you say enough. And that enough is not because you are running to go and sort it, but, but you are running to who? And we can give examples of those that said enough is enough. A woman in Mark chapter 2, beginning from verse 20. She had an issue of blood for many years. She got to a point and she said, what? Enough is. Because in verse chapter 5, verse, um, go to chapter 5, verse 26 for me, of Mark. Mark chapter 5, verse 26. Just want to read one or two verses there. Just to tell us, brethren, that there's a time, and has suffered many things. Yeah, that's the one I need. Please go back to verse 25 then, quickly. Uh, now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, verse 26, and she has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew was. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, hallelujah, when she heard about Jesus. Have you heard about Jesus today? Okay. What did she do? She came behind him in the crowd and uh, touched his garment. And believe you me, we can hear about him anew every day. It was the same thing for another man whose opposition was more than that of this woman. In Acts chapter 2, beginning from verse 1. The man who had palsy, he was paralyzed. I think he was... Uh, Tetraplegic, I believe, more than paraplegic, or quadriplegic. He was paralyzed all around, so they carried him. And the roof was, the press was an opposition. But the man said, I must reach Jesus today. Do you know if we can break through every obstacle and reach Jesus, things will change? Things will change? That's all we need to do. And thank God, the man reached Jesus and he was healed. Bartimaeus, so called blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10, beginning from verse 46. The same story was true for you, remember? 
In fact, in his own case, please put verse 46 there. Very sweet one. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciple at the great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Verse 47, please. And when he heard that it was Jesus, he didn't see. What did he do? What did he do? He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, do what? Verse 48. Please. Then many warned him to be, what did he do? All the more. Saying, son of David, do what? And that's the way to turn to Jesus. People will say things. And they don't need to say it directly. They will say it in the media. Just, that's what be time the devil will arrange it. That somebody will flash it, that miracles don't happen anymore. That's how Jesus, you know, some preacher will come on your screen. Not knowing that the enemy arranged it that way to use their mouth to tell you that it was the time I had to write to a particular um, daily devotional uh, supplier. They are all well known. I probably don't want to mention their name here. I was receiving that daily devotional from Nigeria at that time, and they were having a constant attack. I was just a young believer. They were having a constant attack against the miraculous. That the time is past. I wrote to them. I thank God, I think they wrote back. And I, 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 I formulated a good agreement. I said, you can't go on like this. Yes, there might be 1% or 10% or whatever in your sphere that didn't receive their miracle, but that is the exception, not the rule. Yes. Don't, don't make the exception the rule. And so because many times because we pray for someone, nothing happened. That does not mean things don't happen. Things do happen. And so I wrote back to them. So if I were believing God for a miracle that time, and I was getting a daily devotional, discouraging me from a miracle, do you see the way the enemy works? And that's why before I came in, I, stood, I pleaded with him. I said, Lord, the greatest occupation anybody can have is to stand and be your mouthpiece. I'm telling you for the first time, the kind of prayer I pray. I said, Lord, please help me. It's far, far more profound than any job I've done, and I've done quite a very good job. In very leadership position, but the greatest in the house fellowship, in the Sunday school class, standing on the pulpit, is to be a mouthpiece for God. Let nothing go amiss. And so many people, they write things that might even be a source of discouragement unto you. I'm pleading with you, get your focus turned to Jesus. And when you turn to him, you will not be disappointed. Enough is enough of material lack. Turn to Jesus. Enough is enough of national confusion, corruption, and dysfunction. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. A well-known verse to you. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Hallelujah. More than ever before, nations of the world are going through a lot of issues. And the plan of God is to make sure that those issues are dissipated. That they have no hold upon us anymore. I stand in the name that's above all names. And I'm saying unto you today, we shall all turn to him. I'm not asking you to make declaration. We shall just turn to Jesus. Turn to him. Just turn to him. In that situation, you'll be shocked how you will turn it quickly around in the name of the Lord. Do we know this hymn at all? In times like this, you need a savior. You agree with me? In times like this, you need an anchor. 
be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen. I say amen. amen. The storm of life will not blow you away. Amen. You didn't hear me. I said the storm of life will not blow you away. Amen. We need a savior. We are about to enter the time to pray right now. And then close, possibly early today. But I believe what the Lord wants us, what we do today by his mercy and by his grace, we surpass our imagination. Give me the root note. In times. Yes. You need a... On your feet with me, please. On your feet with me, please. In times like this, you need a... Be very... Okay, hallelujah, hallelujah, Amen. hallelujah. It's one of those songs that, uh, so I will try and sing it through, amen? And then hopefully we grab it. In times like this, you need a savior. In times like this, you need an very, be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock, Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Yes, is the one. This rock is Jesus. The only one. Be very sure. Be very sure. Be very sure.
personal confession. Times like these, I have a I have a Savior in times like these. I have a I'm very sure, I'm very sure, I'm very sure. My we collect for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm sure you probably know this one. Rock of ages, collect for me. Let me find myself in thee. Let the
Is that okay? All right, that's fine. That's fine. All right, go back to verse 4. When I close, and we close on that one. That's the one I need. When I draw this fleeting breath, that means you will end well. That means I will end well. That means whatever may be the bleep in our journeys right now shall be turned into a mighty, glorious end for us in the name of Jesus. about the end. It's all about the end. It's all about the end. It's all about the end. And the end shall be glorious. Mm -hmm. Lift your voice and sing it as a believer. of prayers in them. Oh, and those prayers we are praying right now. Hallelujah. No foreign God can take your place. No foreign God can take this
First bow unto unfulfillment, no first bow unto sin, no foreign God. Turn that into your prayer. Stand on that truth right now. And in a moment I will pray. But stand on that infallible truth. Stand on that unshaking word of God. Make it your declaration. In the name that's above all names, you will bow only unto that which is glorified and only God will bow. You not bow to anything material. Every substitute for God in our lives, we command them to live right now. Everything and anything that is contending and contesting with the living God. We have said enough is enough today. Enough unto sin, enough unto sickness, enough unto poverty, enough, 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 enough. We have turned to Jesus and we said, no other God will we serve. Oh, we serve only the Lord. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I believe you have prayed this afternoon. And he that answered by fire, he will answer us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask right now, one more time, all eyes are on you. The psalmist says that the eyes of the servants are upon their masters and the eyes of the maidens are upon their mistresses. So our eyes are upon you until you deliver us. We shall not take our eyes away from you. Our eyes are on you. That's where I believe with all my heart, my father. As we have said, enough is enough to all these categories of little things that have constituted themselves into gods in our lives. Let them bow now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the same token, by your spirit I declare, peace be still in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every troubled water, I say peace be still in the name of the Lord Jesus. From now on our minds are made of you will help us to be sensitive. Nothing will catch us unawares again. Whatever is coming our way, we have more than enough resources to battle them. We have enough resources to pull them down. That's why I say every mountain that is standing before this, your children this afternoon, I command you mountains be removed now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every valley that is ahead that will not allow you to cross, valley be filled up now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every crooked road that is making us to be meandering, making us not to reach our destination in time, straighten up in the name of the Lord Jesus. One more time, over every life, peace in the name of Jesus. 
Father, you asked me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Over the empty room to say three things. And I believe you give me permission to say it over the food room right now. In the name that's above all name, I speak life. In the name of Jesus, I speak peace. And in the name of Jesus, I speak glory. One more time, according to the word of God. For as many individuals as we walk in faith and receive faith, you don't have it right now. To receive this word as the word of God, not the word of man. I speak over your life now. Life in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak over your life and situation of peace right now in the name of Jesus. And I say glory over you in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord. Along the line, Lord, you are warning of loss. I declare openly and powerfully and confidently. No loss. There shall be no loss. No loss of life in the name of Jesus. No loss of status in the name of Jesus. No loss of finance in the name of Jesus. No loss of health in the name of Jesus. No loss of job in the name of Jesus. One more time I said, no loss in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit divine, please brood over us right now. We've turned unto him. And he said, there's no one who will come unto him that I will in no wise cast away. Beginning from today, let signs be given to us to show that truly and indeed you are fully involved in our affairs in the name of Jesus. Thank you, eternal Father. We give you honor and glory. Jesus' mighty name we pray. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.